putting time into learning versus just trying things. That was huge for me. And let's let's be very clear. I broke 80 after I did that. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another Heart Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Seven Singer. Matt Cermak is with me. What's up, Ev? It's good to be back. It's cold in Chicago and it's cold in LA, I hear. It's freezing. It's hailing. My wedding venue in Northern California is snowing. Oh, my God. Some crazy shit is happening. Okay, We but may first, talk about cold weather on this episode. Too. We might. <laughs> and I'm actually very excited for this episode. This is a concept we've never done specifically, but actually, I think it's the concept that everybody needs. That fine line between focus and fun. We'll get to it. But first, if your golf game's off the rails, if you're sick of riding the struggle bus, you come to the right place. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again, because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The part train unpacks the mental game with PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, sports psychologists, everyday golfers like you and me and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. Funny story about our presenting sponsor, Roback. I was at a wedding in Mexico City last week, and I'm on this like boat ride in the canals. It was crazy. It was literally like children steering these boats with long like sticks, not even paddles, but sticks. And this dude is on our boat. And Tara and I don't really know anyone at this wedding. So, you know, we're kind of being like politicians. We're going around. We're mingling. We're doing the like, you know, black tie gala thing that you know so well in Chicago. Anyways, I go up to this guy. He's wearing a rollback hat. I go, oh, rollback guy. He goes, huh? I go, rollback guy. He goes, oh, the hat. Yeah. Funny story. I went to this course in Maui and I loved the hat. I lost it. And I've been looking for this hat everywhere. So I found the rollback hat online. He goes, is there stuff good? I don't really know them. I go, dude, is there stuff good? Tap our link in our bio at the par train. Get yourself a discount. Comes up to me at the wedding later that night. He goes, hey, man, I bought joggers and a hoodie. Hope you're right. Well, it's kind of a similar story. I was getting fitted up for a sport coat. And the tailor goes, really nice guy. He goes, I'm wearing the vest. I've got the pullover. I've got the pull. He goes, that brand, huh? I see that a lot. I said, go back. Yeah. Because you like it? I go, uh, yeah. He goes, yeah, it looks really nice. I'm like, yeah, it's like a dumb and dumber. It's like yeah. skis. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, both of them? Uh, yeah. You know, they're so it's just the that's so funny. I didn't know. We didn't know we each had very similar stories. The buzz is real. Yeah. Go so to go to rowback.com, enter the code train. Or if you forget it, go to our link in our bio at, on Instagram at the par train or Twitter, or TikTok, wherever you follow us. Tap that link to get 15% off rollback. That link will auto-apply in your cart. And then he actually asked me, oh, the discount didn't work. So make this be a lesson to you. Because he had bought the hat, it's a one-time code for new buyers. So like we've said before, you didn't hear it from us, but borrow your wife's, girlfriend's, AOL. boyfriend's email, whatever you got to do. Earthlink. And get mail. your discount. So SBCGlobal.net. Thank you. Thanks to Roback, as always. I'm wearing the vest and the hoodie right now. Okay. I love these. We haven't done... It's been a little bit since we've done a chipping away. These are some of my favorite episodes because... Th- uh, let me give you guys context. This is literally how it happens. Serm texts me or I text him and he says, hey, I just had this round. Kind of a light bulb, few light bulb moments. And I think there's a ton to, to break down and dig yep. into. I had a very similar thing like the week before you. And the funny thing is, both of us had different sides of the spectrum, but related to the same topic. And so fine line between focus and fun, I think, is really what we're all trying to find, right? Sometimes 
A lot Absolutely. of people that listen to our show take the game too seriously, too much on the side of focus, right? Sometimes, like I've experienced in the past 12 months, you don't see good results from trying too hard. So you do the entire opposite. You basically just have no focus at all. Try to be real, overly carefree. Overly carefree, which can also not work. So it's that blend. So I think we're just going to dive in today. I'm going to kick it to you first. I mean, I know there was weather. Your brother just got married. Yeah, my brother Mike got married. Yeah, congrats, congrats to, to Mike, Mike and Maddie. Wonderful wedding in Kansas City. But on the rehearsal dinner day, he was wanting to play golf for a long time. Like we were going to plan this to play golf on Fridays. So we're watching the weather that week, and, we're, and Pat and I, my other brother, were talking. We're like, "It's looking too cold. We're not bringing our we're not bringing our clubs." It was in the twenties, right? Twenty degrees Friday morning, you know. And Pat and I, so it was on Wednesday before we leave for the trip. We don't take our club and take our shoes. <laughs> I did bring a glove though, and uh, and, a, and a sleeve of balls. You brought a red rooster just in case we were going to be. I did just in case we were going to be hitting some balls or something. Well, turns out Friday morning, Mike and his father-in-law are like, we're finding a way to do this. And there was covers on the greens in the morning, and then they took us off. We got delayed two hours. So he goes, we're playing. I go, Pat and I looked at him, I go, okay. <laughs> like, he's going to be mad at us if we don't. And sure enough, we went out there and teed it up at 35-degree weather. But again, no golf shoes, no clubs. So Reynolds. Um, yeah, I barely have the right layering. You know, yeah, I uh, saw with, you. With you clothes. were wearing a rowback vest. <laughs> I had I had a long sleeve, long sleeve, uh, pullover, and then a vest. Yeah, so it's just like, look, we're just trying to get as many holes in. It's wedding weekend. Everybody's in a good mood. Brothers, right? My brothers are out there. His in laws, and uh, we're playing at Mission Hills Country Club in Kansas City, which is a great track for those of you who haven't played it. It was fun to get out there. But guys, it's the Midwest. It's the middle of still. We're still in winter, and we're on a very cold day. They were actually getting the snow off some of the some of the greens on the course. So it's, you know, right. Ev, you know, I mean, I get my rental bag. You know, I haven't played with a rental set maybe ever. This could have been the first, maybe the second. Wow. It was a quality rental set in some, you know, in some degree. I mean, nice clubs, but I had some Callaway irons. I forgot what they were, but they were pretty, you know, kind of oversized offset. Oh, I had the yeah. nice new ping, uh, the pink, what's the new ping driver, which I really liked. Um Gee, something. G and then I had a ping four hybrid, you know, and then some Callaway wedges and an Odyssey putter, you know, but it's funny. It's like, yeah, you're going out there to play and kind of laugh and have a good time, but I'm playing with my brothers. Like, and we're, we're trying to hit shots, but what is there to expect? We go and have a drink and eat lunch. And then we just go play. We don't warm up. Thought about buying golf shoes in the pro shop. Didn't even have any because of the time of year. I saw you're wearing your Jordans. Yeah, it's where my non golf shoe Jordan. And I'm like, and it's wet out there. I'm like, I'm gonna be slipping all over the place. Funny thing is, Ev, though, we ended up getting 12 holes, and I think I missed one shot. It was on the first hole. It was the second shot on the first hole. Hmm. Like in terms of contact, I was ripping it all day. And it was such a great feeling. And I really wanted to get on the show here and talk about it with you and, and why this is the case. I mean, the last time I had played was with you down in Florida about a month prior. I think you make the joke, which is a funny joke. When you go on a trip, just get the rental set because you have an excuse when you play bad. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're playing with clubs that are not your shafts and not your all the different things. It was amazing. Ev. I just felt like I hadn't swung like that in a while. Granted, I hadn't played in a while, but it was it was kind of a really simple, simple idea of just looking to a guy in the group who knew the course and say, what do we got here? Tells me. I just pull out driver and. And just give it a rip. 
you know, and just kind of take what the course gives you not worried. I'm just worried about what I see. I'm not caught up on what's what I don't see. And just, you know, I've been working on one takeaway thought, right? Palm kind of facing the ground going back. So that's got me squaring the club up. And then I've told you about this, getting the right elbow under the right pack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of just feeling those in my practice routine, my in my practice rings, not really thinking about it. And so you feel it before you swing, but you're not thinking about it over your shot. No, no, yeah. it's just because it's it's more. I'm just you know fired to the target. I think that's actually really important because yeah. a lot of times that's all people are thinking about, and you kind of sounds like you felt it. So like one of the guys that I coached, we literally just talked about this yesterday. I, we call it feelization. So like for him, he's more of an analytical mental golf type. So instead of him being out at the target, he's better player side. So for him standing behind the ball and feeling what he wants to do in the swing to then step in and repeat it is very important for him. It sounds like you did something similar where you're not necessarily hammering home technical thought, technical thought when you're over the ball, but you sure as hell feel it. And then you trust that you can do it. That's exactly it. Ev. Yeah. And just once you feel it, then you go again. That's when I believe a practice swing needs to just be, if you're going to do it, it needs to be intentional, right? Yeah. So it's more about a feel than so many amateur golfers, I think, do a practice swing. And then if they don't hit a perfect brush of the grass, they feel like they have to do it again until right. they have one, which can actually create more anxiety going into the shot because you're like, oh, shit, that wasn't good. But what right. you did was very different. You right. kind of just got the feel and then you stepped in and repeated it. Parker McLaughlin told us that's what he does with his putting. Yeah. Your game it, chef. Well, we love him. What an incredible episode. So basically kind of just getting that little feel, finding my target and just firing to my target. And I mean, it was fun. I mean, I it was just playing a three, four yard cut all day. And again, there at any moment I could be into my head thinking, well, I'm going to slip. I'm wearing Jordans. These are not my shafts. These clubs are way too offset. I'm not going to be able to work the ball. You know, this is not my driver. Was it and, hard to hit cuts with irons that had so much offset? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But part of me was like, this is kind of fun. Like, yeah. you, again, talk about like what Foley was talking about. Like, you're pretty good with your hands here. You can figure this out, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a, you treat it as a new challenge, not yeah. like dread or and, this is going to be a, a bad day. And it's like, you know, the greens were really like in tough shape because of the time of year. So it was, they were so slow. We, you know, we weren't really like, you really can't keep, you know, score to a degree. So, but that's kind of good though. Like I'm just playing. I'm not worried where it's going to go, where the putt's going to go, where the chip, it's just boom, hit, go, 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 have a plan and go. And granted, we're also trying to play quick too, because it was, it was so cold, but I think that, you know, it just kind of, it was this blend of just, I don't know. You just, you just really just enjoy, enjoy the moment. And, like you said, find a challenge in the moment. But I think it's so easy to just say, just make all the excuses and then not get any learning from this round when there should be a learning from every round, right? right. Now, just chalk it up, just wash it up. Those weren't your clubs. You didn't warm up. It was too cold when that's all kind of BS. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Clubs are clubs, right? You can, well, how can, often? Good I, swings I think, are good swings, right? This, so. <laughs> yeah, this is a, I think it's a great nugget for our listeners. How often? Do people leave their round with the what, 
but not trying to figure out the why meaning the terrible shot the terrible putting day the lost a lot of balls off the tee but i hope that listening to this show helps them get in the same habit that we do which is when we have a moment bad or good where we're like hey man that was like not good but i think this is it right we learned the bad in florida with me and we're learning good separately now on our own but we use the show as a way as a feedback loop to come back and discuss it and that's what hopefully helps us get better right is understanding why things happen and if you don't understand why things happen there's no learning without reflection right and whatever that 100%. quote is so always work to be in a good frame of mind and some days we're better than we're really good frames of mind. And some days we're not, but like really it's, it's that element of just, like you said, continue to grind, continue to learn to be present and then reflect. So it's a simple thing, but you know, I love vocalization, you know, typically when you're playing with somebody that knows the course and you don't, if you're smart, you say, this is my line is, all right, what do we got here on the tee box? Right. And you get the spiel. And even if you're playing a course that you've played before, or you're playing a course that nobody's played before, I think it's important to say that to yourself. What do you got here? Then you've got to figure it out more so than having somebody who's a member who can help you. But I really think that's just a, a great way to just stop on the tee box. What's in front of me, right? What's the win? What's the design? Where's the pin? If you can see it. And that gives you your plan. So I really push the listeners to always Always be on the tee box and say, what do we got here? Say yeah. it to yourself. Yeah. And, and granted, if you got help in the group. So I was just taking that information in and then just pulling a club and trusting it. And it was just a really good ball striking day. And then, you know, and then there was a par four that was kind of blind, a little blind off the tee. There was out of bounds, right out of bounds, left. Could have hit driver. But I was like, you know what? I was like, Mike, who's my brother's um, father-in-law, give me your three wood. Cause I didn't have a three wood in my bag, you know? And Hit the three wood, trusted it. Maybe it was a little further back than I ended up wanting to be when I got to the ball, but that was a moment too where I'm like, eh, feeling it. And then, you know, so I'm still really trying to play golf out there because, yeah. you know, so for me right now, I feel like I have found, I've been working on, you know, a physical move, but I've, I'm not, I'm not obsessing over it. And I just know if I do it decently, it's already getting me a better spot. It's getting my club face better. And it, I'm accelerating towards the ball. So yeah. it was a great ball striking round for me, Evan, <laughs> with all the factors against me. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually one of those people who like, I need to warm up for 30, at least 30 minutes. Right. And we were right. just going like this on the first tee in the, in the dead of winter. And what do you think? I'm kind of pumped up. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> funny. I bet you so many listeners are thinking to themselves, well, Matt, you got to buy those rental clubs. Yeah. Right. right? You got, <laughs> you got to buy those clubs. Uh, I'm a sub 70 guy. No, it's interesting, right? It's like, you know, I think we think it's like this magical thing. It must be the club. But let me make something very clear. You talked mostly about the fun of the day, the people you're with, right? Like we played Pasta Tiempo the day before my wedding and similar energy, right? It's like, yeah, doesn't matter what you score. It's such a cool thing to see those people together. You probably will never be together again, yep. that specific group. And there's magical energy that day. Now, it's easy to just be totally carefree on that day. But let's make something clear. 
you got very focused over the shot. And you didn't really need to second guess yourself. You couldn't second guess yourself. So from not knowing what was in front of you, whatever that person was telling you that was a member, that was pure commitment for you. Cause you're like, okay. Right. And they don't, he doesn't know my game. Right. You know, yeah, well, what he, can I do about that? Right. Yeah. Not worried about anything besides this is what I know. This is what I think I know. So you had everything working against you. Not your clubs, weather, no shoes, no warm up, whatever. But you were okay with where it went. So you had pure detachment of outcome, but you still put a lot into hitting a good one. Yep. That's the fine line that you found. Right. And that's the key to it all, right? I mean, have you like focused but fun, focused but relaxed? Yeah. You can't be when we're either, when we're, we're focusing too much, we'll mentally wear ourselves out. If we're, relax too much. We're just, we're disengaged in the end. Right. So bringing those together. I mean, when it's your time to hit those 45 seconds, you got to be locked in, lasered in, stick to your routine. But then after you hit it, have some fun. Right. And I think, you know, for you, Ev, you kind of saw it, you know, you saw it kind of maybe your blend come together a couple, two weeks ago when you played. Yeah. Yeah, because so you fought this on both sides. Yeah, so let me give a quick story first from the member guests, which I've probably told before, but I think it's really relevant, so I'll bring it back, which is, you know, I was thinking about it this morning before we got on here that, you know, I've probably done the same thing in my game for a very long time, which is I roll it inside and I save it with my hands, just like pretty much most amateur golfers do. The trick about that, though, it's so funny. I saw a video of myself playing St. Andrews and I shot a 75 and I'm like, I had the handsiest freaking like the ugliest swing and all I was focused on was tempo. But back then I didn't know as much about my game, which actually worked to my advantage. I was just being an athletic. And what I learned is plenty of people have open club bases at the top and they can hit solid contact, but it's very hard to do that. If your body isn't moving, and you're not swinging at the ball with commitment. You're not ripping it. You're kind of tentative and holding back, right? That just doesn't work. I mean, there's no way for the club to close if you're not closing and releasing your body and your hands, right? Like it's, totally. it just doesn't work. So what I've thought about was this past year is a perfect example of I got in these zones and these moments that meant a lot to me whether it's a bucket list course, whether it's a tournament, whether it's in front of people that have certain expectations in my mind that my body got stalled and I got really tentative and I saw crazy, you know, two way misses and it really stunted my movement. And so when I think about, you know, the member guest that happened to me for two or three days. And then I'll never forget this. The last shot of the tournament in our last match, Ryan and I were are kind of out of it. But we're like, can we, let's just win this last match, okay? Back then, we kind of knew, like, this could be our last member guest at Meadowbrook Country Club in St. Louis because Ryan was likely going to move, and now he is. He's moving to Kansas City. He's going to have to join another club. I might never play at that member guest again. Take it easy. Let's just, we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Am I never again? Ryan's going to join another <laughs> club, okay? <laughs> and you're <gonna> play. <laughs> so 
I'm like, all right, let's let's win this last match. Okay. So I hit one in the middle of the fairway. Rare that tournament. Rare. I do it. Last hole. I get a pop on this hole. And I think this was like number 12 at Meadowbrook. It's like a shorter par four. So I have like 130 yards in elevated green. He goes, All right, man, like we need you to put this on. Put this on. You got this. And I will never forget this for the first time all week, which sounds so crazy in hindsight, but I was suctioning my head in, in my way because look, man, when you're trying to play a draw and you block slice it, do you know how hard it is to start it right? When that's your shape and that pops up, it can short circuit the whole system. I've, I've experienced it so many times and I know people listening have too. So for the first time all week, I got focused and it sounds so like, how can you not focus in an event that where so much is on the line, but focus and trying not to mess up is so different. So I got over this pitching wedge and I really like, you know, those shots where you kind of like, you feel the ground under you, you get into it. Yeah. And I saw, I saw the flight. I vocalized it and I hit a baby draw to eight feet and we won the match. And I look back on that moment and I was like, fuck, I had been trying so hard all week to be carefree, to try and counteract the, the quote pressure that we put on ourselves on our team because we had been in the shootout twice before. And, you know, Ryan's playing good. And all I got to do is, you know, all that crap for the first time I focused on what I was trying to do, not what my swing was doing, but what I was trying to achieve in the shot. Well, yeah, playing and golf. I, yeah, kind of like what we experienced in Orlando after the first couple holes. And so that's why this episode is so exciting to me because it is a very fine line. But man, I hit a golf shot again when I stepped into it and I focused, okay? And so I remembered that. And I, you know, we left Orlando and I'm back home and I'm really starting to like, feel like I'm starting to make some progress with what I want to do over the ball. And so I'm going to play a local course, super easy, wide open course that I used to play all the time. Realized why my handicap got so inflated because I was playing this course all the time where you can (laughs) spray it anywhere and still make birdie. Anyways, I get to the course, I'm playing as a single I walk on within 15 minutes. I don't have a tea time. And I just had an entirely new attitude and excitement, really. I was excited to focus. I was gonna, I was gonna learn about my playing partners. I was gonna have fun in between shots. But when I stepped over that ball, I was excited to focus because guess what? I knew what was gonna work for me. All I wanted to do was transfer my weight, be an athlete. Cause we found that I was kind of putting all my weight on the left side in my kind of reverse pivoting. So I'm going to have a real weight transfer and then get to my right side and then explode to my left and stay in my posture. Right. Right. It's real simple, right? That's what's it. My, what's my target? You know, what do I need to know about taking the information yep. and then f- feel your move and go and go, you know, we've been talking about so far, the fine line between focus and fun. I actually didn't realize until this round was over how fun focus can be. It's a challenge. 
All right, guys, stay seated. The train's gonna make a quick stop, but I have huge news, okay? You are not gonna wanna fast forward. This is big news for us, and it's big news for you. I started my career 13 years ago working for TaylorMade Golf. Well, now, 13 years later, we are officially partnering with, yep, no other than the company that got me into this game, TaylorMade Golf, okay? We have a ton of stuff planned for these next eight weeks, potential giveaways, collabs, maybe some custom stuff for you. Trust me, every part of my being and focus of this partnership is to make sure that you guys get the most out of it, to help you enjoy the ride and improve your game, okay? This week, though, I'm gonna focus on something that I think not enough people are talking about in the game of golf. Maybe the most underrated app in golf and the app that should be on all of your phones is called My TaylorMade Plus. And I'm not just saying that. I would not say it if I didn't believe it. I'm diving into it. I'm pretty much blown away, okay? So how much does it cost to get a golf lesson these days? 100 minimum for an hour? A lot of times 150? Years ago, I spent 350 to go to George Gankus, okay? So minimum, let's say 100, 150. Well, my TaylorMade Plus app usually is $9.99 a month for the premium subscription to get access to their PGA Pros, top PGA Pros in the country, all TaylorMade PGA Pros. You upload as many swings as you want, unlimited swings, and you get a personal coach dedicated to you to answer your questions, that's big, critique your swing, put you on a plan, and help you reach your goals. Because what I found is when I go to the range with no plan, when I go to the range and I don't understand what I'm doing, if I'm trying to fix things without understanding what gets me there, you're always going to be left confused. And to me, there's no worse feeling than leaving the driving range more confused than when you got there, okay? What you need is to understand what you do, why you do it, and be put on a plan to work on the right stuff. And the My TaylorMade Plus app, you upload your swings, you get assigned to a coach, they put you on a roadmap, and you're good to go, okay? So one lesson would be 100, 150 bucks. With My TaylorMade Plus, you spend 9.99 a month and you get free access to that coach, unlimited. Now, that alone would be a great deal, but I got more for you. I talked to TaylorMade and I got you two months free with the code TRAIN. So you download My TaylorMade Plus, the link is in these show notes. It's going to be linked in our bio at the part train on Instagram or just search My TaylorMade Plus, My TM Plus on any app store if you're Android or Apple and click your top right icon in your profile and then click manage and it'll, you'll see enter code, enter the code train. That'll get you two months. So for absolutely nothing, nothing for free, you are going to get access to a PJ coach to help put you on a plan for two months. Imagine what you could do with two months of free lessons, okay? That's a gift from me and TaylorMade to you. So download my TaylorMade Plus app, enter the code TRAIN, get two months free. That is just the beginning of this partnership. We have so much stuff planned that I'm gonna tell you about over these next eight weeks, but for now, that is my gift to you. Okay, let's get back to the show. Remember how we used to call each other and I would break down every shot. Man, I just want to tell you about this round. I really found it. And I realized, like, yeah, that probably got in my way at times. But I was so into my rounds back in the day that I put more into my shots. Where in the past year, because I struggled so much, I got away from that. I got away from my competitiveness. I was so carefree that 
I lost all my focus. And so this round a couple of weeks ago, I found flow again. I haven't gotten in the zone yeah. in months, maybe 12 months. And I found the magic of having fun with getting into a flow, getting over the ball and really feeling it, seeing it, vocalizing it and doing it. Did I hit everyone perfect? Of course not. But were my misses 10 times better than they've been in 12 months? Was I excited that I miss hit one and I was in the fairway? Well, if you, you know how rare that was. And I'm sure if you compared that round to us in Florida a few weeks prior, you know, one of your challenges there was your focus level. You were having yeah. fun, you know, but now you kind of, I'm sure you were just way more prepared over the ball, way more aware of your surroundings, yeah. what your plan needed to be. And you did it. Yeah. And so let me explain the result. Like I've said many times, which used to be very embarrassing to say, but now fuck it. I'm just going to be raw and real. My handicap went up from a five to a nine in the past 12 months because I lost focus. I got too much in my swing, all the stuff that we've all done. Really, my mental stuff was still intact, but the other stuff overpowered it, right? It's a good way like, to put it. And the crazy thing here is for people that that might sound really bad to, here's the crazy thing. Sorry, we've talked about this. The funny thing about it is all that means it's really not that big of a jump, like to go from a five to a nine. All that means is I stopped shooting 81s and 78s, and I shot more 84s and 86s, which, by the way, as a five, I had plenty of 84s and 86s, but some off rounds where I had a ton of 81s, 82s, and I threw some good rounds in of 76s, 78s. And that's the only difference is I lost my 81s and breaking 80s, and I just had all 84s, 86s. And yeah. suddenly, I'm close to a 10, which is like, Cermak looked at me. He's like, dude, you're not a 10, okay? But this is the power of this stuff is we talk about it every week, but I wasn't putting it into practice because I let other stuff get in my way. I had a lot of anxiety. I had misses I wasn't used to. I went from like being a really good ball striker to literally all over the map. You saw it in the first couple holes. Like that's what I experienced for 12 months. And so, you know, you do that enough. You're, you're, it, it's basically like trauma as like dramatic as that can sound. If you're used to being something and then you go to the course and you can't replicate it, there is a lot of doubt and it's really hard for that confidence to come back. Yeah. And the crazy thing about this, to bring it back to this episode is Focus made my round more fun because I got into the fire of the round again. I was competitive with myself. I cared, but in a way that I didn't get in my own way, if that makes sense. Right. Av, it's great. It's great. And I I can just hear it in your voice that you're you're understanding how to do it, right? You understand how to focus, understanding how to have fun. You're repeating it because you have to repeat focus and you have to repeat fun on the course. And like you said, it can be a challenge, right? It's exciting to get into your shot, right? Your 45 seconds and try to, you know, really do hit a great shot or hit a great putt. And then it's also exciting to be on the cart with your buddies and have a laugh or, you know, and go recover, a beer, play a tune or recover, right? whatever it is, you know, exciting. is a great word. Like 
that's what all sports psychologists tell us is like, imagine Parker McLaughlin said it like I get a chance to try and make hold this putt. Like right. how exciting is that? I get a chance to do it where usually we operate out of a place of avoidance and fear. So let me put a bow in this guy loves a bow. I do. I do. Tara has a pink bow on her suitcase. So we know which one it is more, more of a ribbon, but anyways, That's, I thought that was your suitcase, but anyways, <laughs> go ahead. I posted a 79. I hadn't done that in over 12 months. Is that fun right there? I mean, again, easy course, but fuck that. Like seriously, that is it. I didn't reinvent my swing. Yes. I was working on stuff. Yes. I still am. Yes. I always will. But Dr. Bob Winters told us this in Florida. He says, you got to have your no zone. And that doesn't mean N-O. That means K-N-O-W, where your zone going into the ball, you have to know what you're trying to do. Because if you don't know what you're trying to do, your brain can't do it. It goes back to the Rotella thing, right? Rotella said, if I ask you to throw this ball over that tree, what do you do? Do you think about your shoulder going back and your and your elbow angle? Or do you look at the tree and your body tilts automatically? Now, some people can argue, well, a golf swing is more technical, blah, blah, blah. But what Bob Rotella is teaching us is I know in my head where I'm throwing this ball. And then guess what? My body and my brain create it. Okay. Now, that is just so important. You know, I think it's just going into my no zone and just being excited to focus and really like try, you know, I think focus is a very hard thing. We've talked about it on the show before, Matt. It's like, why do we lose focus? Why is it so hard to keep focus? Well, it's because we're human beings and we're easily distracted in our life. We're living in probably the biggest distraction age ever. Right. And right? you know, there's push notifications. There's a million things going on. There's we have a million to, apps. We have to work on more than ever, is your point, to yes. not be distracted, right? Yes. Um, Want to just get back to one thing on the course of when we talk about this challenge and this excitement to focus over the shot and this great opportunity to have fun. I mean, look, Ev, I've got a, there's a few good friends in my life that I probably see four or five times a year, and it's on the golf course, mm-hmm. right? That's where it is. And those moments to catch up with them, to be with them, they're invaluable. And if you're not, you know, enjoying yourself in between shots and making the most of your conversation and the fun of those five hours you get to be together, then what are you doing? Right. Right. So to be excited to hit great golf shots, to be intentional, to have clear thoughts, and then God, be excited to be just in this sport that we love so much, it's really a game and an experience. And yeah. um, I just, I just want to hit that home. Well, that's yeah. a good point because you can yeah. also go, which Ryan and I have done before you try and focus for five hours and that doesn't work either. So that's what this episode's about, right? It's finding your line of when you stand over that ball, find your focus, have fun with it and really like try and hit your shot. Get clear on what you want to do and love that. Play but golf, then, not swing. Play, play golf, yeah, not swing. But then once you're done, let that go and shoot the shit. Engage yeah. with your playing partner. Ask them questions. Talk about their right. game. 
Get out of your own just, game. Just be your normal self that yeah. you are, right? Yeah. And and just separate them, right? Now, let's talk about this for a second. Some people that's hard to do because like I talked about with my past 12 months, there might be a lot of stories and pain tied to certain misses or certain things that you just, you can't quite overcome. And then you, and then it, you wrap it so much into your identity as a human being. You wrap it into your identity. And if you're an extrovert, you're going to get quiet when you when you hit this bad shot. And it's going to be harder to engage with the group. You're going to find yourself kind of not talking to anyone. You're going to kind of feel like, ah, do I want to be here? I, kind of want to be on my own, like crawl into a hole. Like yeah. we've all felt that engaging with your friends. I know you said just like be who you are normally. I just want to hit this home too, because sometimes when we're not seeing great golf and when you tie yourself to being a better golfer, it can be really hard to engage and be your normal self. Engaging with others can actually be a way to get your true self out of yourself, if that makes right. sense. Right. So literally, I forget this quote. It's like, I think the Dalai Lama said it. He's like, suffering is the more I focus on me, the more I suffer. And if you think about it, anytime you're feeling down, you're usually having poor me comments. Always. Like, I didn't get the promotion. Yeah. Self-deprecating. being a dick. Right. I don't deserve this. I got this bad break, you know. Exactly. Exactly. The minute that you lean into others, which can feel like the last thing you want to do when you're feeling poor me, but I'm telling you, it works. If you start asking people about them, you get out of you. Right. And getting out of you after a golf shot is the probably the best way to save energy so that you can focus when you're back in it. So things like, here's some examples, like compliment them. Say, dude, I loved your tempo there. Like, were you thinking about that? Like, what, what were you thinking on that? Like, oh my God, great move. You really released that. Great role, great stroke. How's your job going? Like, what's well, going on with the family? Like, invest in them. And that, and that, that's really for life too, right? Yes. Be, care about other people. Be interested in other people, you know? Yeah. And the reward is great. This is one yeah. of the best advice I've ever gotten is from my personal coach. She, I was going to a wedding years ago. I didn't know anyone. And you know all that feeling where you're like, I'm going to be in the corner and people are going to be like, who's this guy not talking to anybody? Like sitting at the table alone, like high school stuff. Sure. She goes, be the host and be the host has changed my life. And let me explain this. When you are at a party as a guest and you don't know anybody, what do you do? It can be hard to break into a conversation where four people are talking and you feel like, you know, mm. we all know that energy, but what do you do when you're hosting a party and you may not know some of the people, maybe it's a friend of your girlfriend or wife or, or boyfriend or husband and but what do you do as the host? You walk around with a tray or a drink. You say, hey, how are you? Welcome. Can I get you anything? You're going around being the host. You're not thinking about what people think of you. You're taking care of them, right? And I went to a wedding being the host. I walked up. To, I was like you in Chicago at these events. I was walking up to people in the lobby. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Who, who are you guys here to see, the bride or the groom? And how did it feel? Um, it felt incredible. Of course, at the start, you have to overcome that discomfort of putting yourself out there. But every time I did it, it got easier. And I ended up like meeting everyone at the wedding. And I realized, holy shit, 
It was just that little mindset shift of I'm going to be the host today. I put my ego aside and I cared about everybody else and everybody was loving me. Yeah, and it's and it just felt good. I'm telling you, it is a yeah. unbelievable life lesson. Meet, you get to meet more people, maybe met somebody or two you're going to stay in touch with. You yeah. have to learn about more things, right? <laughs> I treated everybody like a podcast interview, honestly. And I was- I, I power, was, of, power of the train right there. Yeah, I was the host. And I'm telling you guys, use this as your back pocket. If you ever get down out there and you start to get quiet, treat it like your own podcast. Be the host. Ask them questions. Help them. Dig into them, but care about them. It's a great way to get out of your own, get out of your own way. All right, guys, stay seated. The train's going to make a quick stop, then we'll get this right back on track. I got a question for you. Have you ever played golf where you're just really dragging? Maybe you're hungover from the night before, or you just don't have a lot of water. With COVID, it's actually pretty rare to have a lot of water jugs on the course these days. It's just an impossible way to play golf. Dehydrated. I think over like 80% of Americans are dehydrated. I think I just saw a stat there. Well, here's a funny story. I just went to Mexico City for a wedding and it's 7,000 feet. And if you didn't know, being hydrated is the best way to combat altitude sickness. I struggled with altitude sickness for years. And the only thing I found that helps me be a normal human being in altitude sickness, but also feel like a normal human being every day as a hydrated human was Cure Hydration. I scoured the market for all of the hydration packs. They were all filled with sugar, shitty chemicals. They tasted terrible. And I'm like a stickler on the type of food I buy and the ingredients. And I finally found it. It's Cure Hydration, okay? I went to Mexico City. I had two of their new lemonade flavors every day, one in the morning, one at night. And I was even drinking. I rarely drink these days. I was even throwing in alcohol, which, you know, dehydrates even more. Two packets of Cure Hydration lemonade flavor, and it's delicious. It just tastes like a non-sugary, perfectly light lemonade. And I was good to go. I felt amazing the entire trip. Years ago, I would have felt nauseous. I would have been really lethargic, headaches, etc. So go to curehydration.com, enter the code TRAIN, and get 20% off. I'm telling you, I would go with lemonade if you've never tried them before. But they've got a ton of flavors. Watermelon, grapefruit, berry, you name it. They got it all. So curehydration.com. Enter the code TRAIN. 20% off. All right. Let's get back on track. I just wanted to bring up something, too. And we were playing in Kansas City. It was like the third or fourth hole. And the ground was so frozen. You could barely get the tee in the ground. It was a driver yeah. hole. Get so that hammer out. It was like, yeah, bring the It was really one of those drill, drill, drill. days. It's like I'm hitting driver. I got, I can't get the tee in the, barely on the ground. So it's like the extra large high tee. It's yeah. like well, I don't tee, and I kind of sometimes tee the ball up a little lower than average. I'm like, oh god, right? You know, like, <laughs> but I just kind of said, all right, this is what I got. I'm gonna try and launch this thing, right? Like you know, and it might pop up, and you know, I just put a little more up in my stance and just ripped, just ripped a driver and hit it, and. I ended up hitting it really straight, went a little higher than normal. Now, that shot could have gone bad because of, you know, it wasn't teed up like it normally was. But I just wasn't, I wasn't worried about that. And it's so easy, like when you get bad breaks on the golf course or you get mad at a, a design of a hole, why do I have to hit that? Why is it making me hit this club or, you know, hit the sprinkler head there? And 
the, the, over the years, some of those little things sometimes get to me, you know, like when you just get a bad break that you don't expect, or you just have to do it this way. I was having fun with it. You, I think you like that. Just have fun with the, have fun with what the course gives you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, and it's, sometimes it's, you're like, oh, come on. You know, this is, this yeah. is gimmicky or this is ridiculous. Or You notice how both of us you know? were playing with excited curiosity. Yeah. As cliche as that sounds, like both of us were embracing every challenge. And yes, that's hard to do when you're struggling, but also it's an entirely different energy. Right. So if you're stuck in frustration, shame, embarrassment, being just fed up with it, that's yeah. the opposite of being excited for the challenge. And 100%. that's what every yeah. sports psychologist will tell you. That's really it is like, I want to walk into whatever shot I have. Like we've said so many times in this show, what are you going to remember? Are you going to remember a fairway green two putt? Or are you going to remember a punch four iron around the tree that you got up and down? And so I don't, obviously we all want the fairway green two putt, but in those moments when you got to pull something off, get excited to pull it off. Right. I mean, those are going to be the shots they're talking about in the clubhouse after. Right. And, and I still had a plan. I was like, okay, I got to tee this up higher. I have no choice, but I'm going to put a little more of my stance. I'm going to tilt back a little bit and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to really try and rip this and yeah. commit to it. And I did it right. Um, so that's that. I think that's huge. Ev. We just, just golf throws so much at us, but I don't know something about 35 degrees without your own clubs and shoes and a, and a Kansas city afternoon. For not for playing golf once in four months and just it was really really revealing mm-hmm. and uh i'm really excited for this weather to turn yeah but um same you, you know we, we we have to pull from these experiences we had like like you did certain rounds certain moments we really you know we have to get back to it you were talking about uh how your experience made you a little worse maybe mm-hmm. this past year yeah it's this innocence versus experience that we're always going to battle Right. Right. And there's pros to both and there's cons to both. And how do we, but also how, like, how do let's we, finish... we kind of, you know, figure it yeah, out. And let's finish on this too. Like, I think there also needs to be a level of confidence and belief that like, let's use your feel as an example, right? Um, your takeaway feel and your elbow and or the right peck feel. You have to have a level of belief that you're going to do it and you're going to be okay if you don't. Exactly. Like, I think what you said to me in Florida was so impactful. You said, yeah, it's just going to give you a little bit better of a chance, but it's not do or die. And I think so many, I just realized this actually, I feel like so many of my swing feels felt like do or die, where if I don't do this, my whole game will fall apart. I will not be able to hit the ball if I don't do this. And that's that, where that tension overload comes that from. That is right? detrimental. That is going to kill everything. So I'm really glad this came up because if you can work on something and know it'll get you a better chance to do what you're trying to do, but if you don't, here's your keys. You're going to be okay. Well, you're dead on, Evan. You'll love this. I sent my swing to Joe, my brother, who we've had on the show multiple mm-hmm. times. Butterfield Jam. I go, hey, what do you think of this? Do you, does this look a little better? He goes, looks like you're staying in your posture a little more, right? That's it. I didn't perfect yeah. my swing. Yeah, my swing's a little too short. I still kind of like to back up a little bit. But he goes, 
just a little like the and he said a little and that's it that a yeah. little a little can be a lot yeah <laughs> and i actually think this is so key to the focus part because if you're trying to focus but you don't believe that you're going to be okay that day then the anxiety is going to come up right the question is how do i believe when i haven't been seeing what i want to see yes that's tough but Sometimes in my experience, believing is seeing. So you kind of have to just dig your feet into the ground, know what works for you. It takes work to like, know. all right, what are my keys, right? Like posture, I didn't know, but uh now I've realized staying in my posture and transferring my weight. Right. And we know all that better position. Got to be done on the range and on the putting green and the chipping green and your lessons. Yeah. But then when it's time to play golf, you've got to simplify it, right? Right. And I would just encourage, I mean, the theme is focus and fun. Everybody needs to, in their practice, in their reflection, work on that, you know, mm-hmm. work on that focus, work on that routine in those 45 seconds when you're ready to hit. And also, you know, if you feel like you're maybe you've lost, you've sucked a little fun out of the golf rounds in between shots, be Get a better version fun. of yourself. <laughs> it will pay off, right, Ev? Yeah. Well, they can, they can also do this at the range, your point of have fun focusing at the range so instead yeah. of hitting two shots in a row at the same flag get into or i saw a video seven irons yeah you know? i saw a video with rick sessinghouse yesterday um he did with trotty with TaylorMade. he said okay i i used to do this too i would create i said okay that that pole to the right i'm, I'm picturing number one I'll say number 11 at Meadowbrook because it's a really tough driving hole. It's giving uh, me trouble. Is par, it five. par five. Oh, yeah, par five. Trouble right, um, trouble left. Yeah, yeah. Leg right. So I was like, all right, that pole to the right are the trees on number 11 at Meadowbrook. That pole to the left is the bunkers and the trees. So there's my slot. We are one up in the match and I get a pop here. Okay, what am I going to do? you're and recreating I, and i create that scenario simulating yeah and i say okay well i'm i want to play a draw here so i'm going to aim 10 yards left of that right tree and i'm going to draw it in between and i'm standing behind thinking this and i walk into the shot and i see if i can do it and then the next shot i create a new hole and i do it and so that's one way to actually simulate this right and like challenge yourself on the range. Otherwise, they'll never be the same because right. one is hitting the same shot over and over, which you never do on the golf course with no consequence. One has consequences with a new shot every time. So try yeah. and make them closer. Yeah, I, I always would always work for me when I was practicing a lot was, you know, if I'm hitting balls for an hour, you know, the first 35, 40 minutes was working on drilling, work, drilling, working on mechanics. And the last 20, 25 minutes was, Tournament, you know, went into tournament mode. It was training mm. mode, then tournament mode. Oh, yeah. But, I like that. You know, practicing mode, playing mode. It's exactly what you described. Yeah. But we have to be very aware of that when we're practicing. Sometimes it's so easy to just try to work on your mechanics the whole time. Then you're like, yeah. Then you go out to the course, you're not even working on playing golf. Yeah. Right. Last That's thing I'll say. Trouble. Last thing I'll say, and then we'll get out of here. I didn't even mention this, but I actually found something new at the range that. I find really powerful, which is after Florida, and I think it was two weeks ago, I, I went to the driving range seven days in a row, 
which wow. I'd never done. I'm so jealous. And because uh, I live like across the street now from one. So I I was like, you know, I need to go more like it take. I can be there and back in 45 minutes. It's nice. Like nice. So I went every day. And this is a little shout out to the pro sender, um, Sean Foley's training aid. It's great. Uh, and the reason why it was helpful is because I didn't have certainty and clarity on what exactly the thing was to work on. There's so many different things I could work on, right? But when Sean talked to us about the power of setting that wrist and how it unlocks so many things for the rest of the swing, I started to use that device as like, okay, what is the easiest way for me to get there? Like what move and feel naturally gets me there? Not that I have to put it there, but like what feel naturally gets me there. And so every day when I went to the range, I was working towards that North star and I would go, well, this, I didn't like this. It didn't feel real natural because of this. Or I really felt like I, I couldn't fire my body doing this. And every day I built on it. I never had gone days in a row at the range. It was actually very powerful. You start to gain a lot of momentum and you start to learn a lot because you're not like relearning when you go it's back a week or, or weeks later. That's how you groove. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was building on that every day. And I finally, I saw this video with Rory where he said, I'd never understood how people get the club vertical. And he, and Rory said, he sets the club, you know, straight back in his takeaway, like barely to his knee, you know, like barely off the ground. And then he feels like he bends his right elbow like immediately to get it vertical. And you do that with turn and you get to a more on plane thing. And I was like, huh, I never even, I used to have my right arm like straight out. Like right. I never thought about bending my right arm because, you know, you hear about width and all this stuff. So right when the old, the old thing is fold the right elbow. Yeah. Fold the right <laughs> elbow. So I'd never heard that. And I was like, huh, when I do that, I naturally get with that wrist position. Yeah. It, it The pro center ties right into that. Yeah. And yeah. so, yes. Did I do things that I've said I wouldn't do in the past, which is I go to the range. I don't go to the short game area. Yes, I did that. Did I leverage multiple videos at once on Instagram? Yes, I did that. But I did it in a way that it was, I was learning every day and I was gaining insights on, okay, this is my feel. This is what I'm seeing. I was like a detective. Every time I'd, I'd start to feel something or see something good, I'd look at the camera and I would think, okay, that's a little closer. This feels athletic. This gets me closer to the position that Sean tells me I need to be in, but I did it naturally. I like this. And, and I know if I stay in my posture versus today. Yep. And I would keep building on that. And then I put in the right folded elbow. And I feel like I'm starting to go in a direction that I don't, it doesn't feel, let me see if I can describe this. In the past, things would be like quick fix feels. Yeah, this was working. I'm going to go with it versus. It takes a long time me, to implement change. This goes into like, I think this is where I could go. Like I'm, lear I'm learning about what I'm doing versus trying things. Does that make sense? 
hundred percent. Yeah. I so mean, I think that's the power fields. of like going and doing things multiple days in a row and really putting time into learning versus just trying things. That was huge for me. And let's, let's be very clear. I broke 80 after I did that because going back to the belief thing, I knew what I was doing and I had belief in it. I, I That's actually huge for me. I've realized over the years when I remember, I went through this phase with Jake when I first started implementing a couple of things yeah. when he just helped me understand why I do things and what I do. And then I had belief in what I had to do. I broke 80 usually. They go together. Uh, yeah. Just because they, they, I they, had confidence and belief in what I'm doing. And when I don't, all the wheels came off. Well, that's, that's how it, it goes back to focus and fun, you know? Yeah. Being intentional too. Folk, Focus, fun, focused, and relaxed. You got to work on both. Yeah. And if we do that, if we continue to have that, you know, all we we're always we always realize those two things are so important. It's going to lead to some good golf, good relationships, good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess the last thing is, uh, I guess my learning is a lot can go into focus before you get to the round, right? Because focus a lot of times is rooted in belief and understanding yourself. And so to be able to be focused and not have all the negative stuff get in your way, sometimes the work going before the round can help fuel that. Oh yeah. You know, so you'd be surprised what you're, we're able to accomplish too. Yeah. That's why I love these episodes. Cause we had no idea where this was going to go. And this is one of my favorite episodes we've done in a while. So chipping um, away at the stone. It's what we do. Chipping away the fine line between focus and fun. I think this can help a lot of people. I hope it does for you. If it does, give us a review at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to keep your mental game sharp all week long, give us a, uh, a follow at The Par Train on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Post there multiple times a day. No matter where your ball goes, sir, no matter what someone says in your group, or no matter if you have golf shoes or rental clubs, what do they got to do? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. This is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to The Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.